Are you listening? Is a question that uh, parents often ask their children. It's a question that will be asked of uh, Martha and Theodora and William many times during their lives. Are you listening? Today we're going to consider uh, the story of two gods in the Bible. One who doesn't listen and one who does listen. The first god is Pharaoh. You might not think of him as a god, but in ancient Egypt, that was how he was considered. Uh, A divine figure, a mediator between uh, the gods of heaven and people on earth. He was worshipped as a divine being. He had uh, the power to take life or to grant uh, freedom. The Egyptians would worship him uh, daily. He was known as the great high priest. Moses, we're looking at the life of Moses in our our church here. Moses is sent to Pharaoh to ask him to set uh, the Hebrews, his people, uh, free from slavery. For hundreds of years, the Hebrews, the Jewish people, have been uh, kept as slaves by Pharaoh. And God from heaven speaks to Moses, his prophet, and says, Go to Pharaoh who the Egyptians worship as a god, and tell tell him to set my people free. Exodus chapter 5, we read this. Moses Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, that they may worship me in the desert. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let these people go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And he said, let my people go, or he will strike you down. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their slavery? Get back to your work. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making their bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. They're lazy. That is why they're crying out for mercy. Pharaoh doesn't listen. Pharaoh doesn't understand. 400,000 Hebrew slaves serving their Egyptian masters. Pharaoh has no interest at all in seeing them free. All he's concerned about is his own power, his own authority, maintaining the status quo. Moses' message that the slaves might be free to worship the true God falls on deaf ears. In fact, it has the opposite effect the slaves are put to even harder work. No longer will the Egyptians give them straw with which to make bricks, but they'll have to scavenge for it themselves. Yet their quota will remain the same. They're given orders that cannot be obeyed, tasks that cannot be fulfilled, with one purpose, that they might be exhausted and remember that they are but slaves. I wonder if this is what your view of God is like. 
a hard taskmaster. He uh, drives people beyond what they can endure. And if you see the Bible from which I'm reading as a book of rules which can never be kept. Maybe you've tried to live what you might call a good life and have fallen short and concluded that it's impossible. Perhaps you see God as remote as a pharaoh in his castle, unconcerned about the troubles and trials of the little people. A Sri Lankan scholar, Vinoth Ramakandra, has written that nearly all ancient cultures see the power of the gods as channeled through kings and rulers and generals, whose chief concern is to maintain the status quo. I wonder if that is how you see God this morning. Removed and distant, unconcerned about people's uh, suffering and trials. Unmoved by the vast numbers migrating into Europe. Aliens in a foreign land. The God of the Bible is shown to be very different. The God of the Bible is shown to be a God who listens. In the next chapter, chapter 6, this God speaks to Moses. And he says this. I am the Lord God. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves. I will rescue you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And you'll know it's I that free you. Far from preserving the status quo, this God, the true God, turns it completely upside down. Far from defending the rich and the powerful, he's going to humble them and bring them low. Far from being deaf to the cries of the poor, he hears them and will act to rescue them. The true God is very different to how the ancient world supposed him to be. Often I'm invited to speak at events or go to meetings and the person chairing the meeting will say, how do you like to be introduced? And I'll always say this, uh, just say, uh, this is Lee Proudlove, he's the vicar of St Giles in West Bridgeford. And many other things as well. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I've got hobbies, I'm an Arsenal supporter. But these aren't really the important things. Well, being a dad and a father and a husband are important. But in the meeting, people really want to know, what is it that you do and why are you here? And I give them my title, Vicar of St. Giles here in West Bridgeford. This is how God is introduced in the Psalms. The Lord God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. This is his main thing. This is his prime duty. This is his great responsibility. He identifies with the powerless and he takes up their cause. The orphan and the widow and the stranger are those with whom he'll take his stand. And he calls on those who follow him to do the same. 
final story to think about. True story. There are a gathering of friends meeting at an English estate. It was a great time of celebration, but suddenly there was a tragedy. One of the children strayed down to the lakeside and fell into the lake. The gardener who was attending the estate heard the cries for help and he ran to the lake. He jumped in and he rescued the drowning child. The youngster's name who fell into the lake you may have heard of. He was Winston Churchill. His grateful parents asked the gardener, is there anything that we can do for you? How can we possibly repay this debt? And the gardener hesitated. And they said, well, I'm a humble man, but there is one thing you could do for me. I, I too, have a son. And it's my dream that he would have an education and that he would go to college and that he would become a doctor. But there's no way that I can afford it. And Winston Churchill's parents said, we will pay for it and we will see that your child is a doctor. Years later, Winston Churchill is the Prime Minister of England and he's stricken with pneumonia. The country's best physician is summoned and his name is Alexander Fleming. He's the man who discovered and developed penicillin. He treats Winston Churchill and he saves his life. The other thing about Alexander Fleming was that he was from a humble background. He grew up the son of a gardener on a rich country estate. Winston Churchill said of that, rarely has one man owed his life to both a father and a son. Rarely has one man owed his life to both a father and a son. Thousands of years after the events of Exodus, we come to the New Testament. And we come to the life of Jesus. And Jesus is God incarnate, God in human form. The Son of the Heavenly Father. And he announces what he will be about, what his priorities will be. In Luke chapter 4. He went into the synagogue and he enrolled at the script. And he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The Hebrew slaves will be freed by the Lord God Almighty. And thousands of years later, his son will walk upon this earth And he will set people free too. And he will set people free throughout history. Not just from hardship and oppression, but for everything that enslaves them. From sin and from death and from guilt and from fear. From all the things that enslave us that we cannot control. He'll be revealed to be the true mediator between heaven and earth. He will be the true high priest. He will be the great rescuer. He will set people free. Through dying and rising again, he will declare his power and his freedom is available to all.
So what's your view of God this morning? A distant Pharaoh who doesn't listen, or a saving God who comes close to set free in the person of Christ? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would have a true understanding, a true knowledge of you. That you would reveal yourself afresh to us today and every day. That we would find our way back to you and discover in you life and grace and freedom. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing again. This time everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing.
Please do take a seat again. As you came in, you've received a bulletin. That's got our news uh, for this week. Just a reminder for our, our regulars here, but also for any visitors who would like to come, uh, this Tuesday is our prayer evening here at St. Giles. We do these once or twice a year. Uh, a chance to take time out and to just uh, come meet together as a church and spend some time in prayer. You can pray with others. You can pray on your own. Chance to uh, read the scriptures together and just to, re- to reflect and to draw close uh, again to God. So I commend that uh, to you. got lots of creative things to help you um, interact with that. There's a timetable um, there in your bulletin. Um, all be very much welcome uh, to come and take part um, in that. I'm going to turn to God in prayer now. I'm going to invite Anna up uh, to come and pray for us. Let's, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Meet with us now as we come together as your church family. Help us to leave all our worries, concerns and everyday thoughts to one side, so that our hearts and minds are open to your word and we may be changed. As we have been reminded this morning, you are all-powerful and can bring about destruction. But above all, you were faithful to your people Israel and you did not forget their years of slavery and misery and you delivered your plan to set them free. And then you sent your only son to earth, who performed miracles in your name, and who laid down his life that we might have everlasting life with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we remember those parts of the world where there is civil unrest, fighting and war, where families live in fear of their lives without food, water or shelter. We remember the refugees fleeing from parts of the Middle East, Syria and North Africa. For those who are so afraid and so desperate, they would risk their lives in the hope of a better life in Europe. Help us to show compassion in what we say and do in our response to this humanitarian crisis. Please bring a sense of urgency and clarity to the meetings of European leaders that we would see a fair but positive programme of asylum and integration. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we thank you for the baptism of William, Theodora and Martha. May you watch over them, keep them safe, and in time bring them to faith in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we remember all those who are sick or suffering in body, mind or spirit. Please bring relief to those who are in pain, a sense of calm to those who are anxious, and a sense of peace to those who feel distressed. Give courage to those who are undergoing treatment or who face a terminal illness, and encourage those who are carers for whom life can be very tiring and very lonely. We remember the family and friends of Rosie Perry Jones, an 11-year-old girl whose funeral took place on Thursday. Thank you that the service went so well, but for the children still coming to terms with their loss, provide them with the love and support they need to grieve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
Final hymn is, uh, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. God sets people free, not just that they might be free, but they might be free to know him and to grow in knowledge of him. And this is a hymn uh, which speaks of that. It's a hymn which we declare, Lord, I want to know more of you. I want to see you uh, more clearly. And as we sing this hymn, we'll take up our collection. Uh, the way that we do this at St. Giles is we just pass uh, a bag along the row. Um, if you're a visitor here today or you're not prepared, please don't be embarrassed. Uh, if you're not prepared, just pass the bag on past to the person uh, next to you. Let's stand and sing, Be Thou My Vision. We're going to close with the blessing. The love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. And the joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
closes our service. If you want to stay, if you're a visitor here, you want to take some photos, there's families around the, the font, you're more than uh, welcome to do so. There's no rush, uh, you don't have to run off. But if you've got to go to other things, uh, that's fine, we understand. Thank you. Thank you.